0: Hello to all of my fellow liberty-loving Americans the across the fruited plains from sea to shining sea. This is the host who loves you the most, Luke Throop, here on another fine, fantastic, fabulous, feeling-much-better sort of Friday for Torch Report 496, overcoming the ultimate seduction. Today, we will be unraveling some common flaws in thought with a very straightforward line of logic. Because humanity as a whole shares a single planet, it is often said that we are all in this together. We're all in this together. And from this foundational thought that we're all in this together because we share a single planet, mental scaffolding is erected toward the notion of the common good. Friends, this is the ultimate seduction. It is very, very difficult to deconstruct the deceptive lies and false premises contained within the concept of the common good, because on its face, it sounds good, right? It sounds right. It sounds real. It sounds appealing. The very words themselves, the common good, they tend to evoke a sense of empathy that we as human beings do share certain things in common. And therefore, it is within our mutual interest to work toward this idealistic notion of the common good. I mean, come on, who would argue with that, right? And perhaps rather than arguing with this idea of the common good, a better approach would be to put it into context. Can we deny that different people have different ideas of what those words, the common good, actually mean? No, we cannot deny that. I mean, it seems undeniably true that different people will inevitably define the term differently, which brings us to the question, whose idea... Of the common good are we actually talking about? Is it your idea of the common good? Is it my idea of the common good? Is it the globalist's idea of the common good? The socialist, the commie's idea of the common good? Is it the peasants' idea of the common good? The American's idea of the common good? Whose idea of the common good are we talking about? And before we dive into that, friends, I think it would be wise to shore up this tentative premise that the common good is in fact defined differently by different groups of people. Because as we'll see as we get through this today, this truth, this kind of becomes a touchstone of truth. That the common good is defined differently by different groups of people. And thus we must make the bold declaration, there is no universally agreed upon definition of The common good. Now, I'm going to ask and ask yourself, do you agree that there is no universally agreed upon definition of the common good? Now, if you don't agree with that statement, you should agree with that statement because denying the universality of subjective definitions is a foundational aspect to logic and rational thinking. Everybody has their own subjective definition, in other words. And if you think it through, kind of just starting with the basics, is it even possible to systematically question every peasant on the planet and ask them to define the common good? You know, this is how we would get to that universally agreed upon definition, right? You got to ask everybody what they think and get everybody to agree. And the obvious answer is no, that's not possible. And besides, if you'd set about to try to systematically question every peasant on the planet, to ask them to define that common good before long, Before you got to the end of the line, long before you got to the end of the line, it would have become radically apparent, readily apparent, I should say, that people have radically different definitions of the common good. This, my friends, is a fact. Now, do we share a single planet? The answer is yes, obviously. Now, does that imply that we must work together toward the common good? The answer is no we must answer that in the negative because not everyone on the planet is going to agree what this common good actually looks like and invariably disputes are going to break out uh, when clashing convictions are attempted to be imposed upon those who disagree so if we gotta save the planet we gotta do it this way well i don't agree that's not really my idea of the common good it creates conflict i'm sure you see what i mean but just To offer a simple example, consider one man deciding in a moment of hunger to grab a sharp stick and set out to kill an animal. As his stomach is growling, prey steps into sight, and suddenly another man leaps in front of him and shouts, stop, 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 you must stop eating meat. It's for the common good. Ah, You know, as the prey scampers away, I'm sure you can imagine the less than friendly debate that would ensue the point is of course here that in order to work together toward the common good we must first define what the common good actually means and obviously not everybody agrees that not eating meat is in the name or is for the greater good or for the common good so we must agree If we were to actually try to work for the common good, we would actually have to agree as to what that common good is, and then we had to agree to how we're going to promote it and protect it, and otherwise pursue this common good on behalf of ourselves, our posterity, and others in the community. Now, many people are going to tell you, would be quick to tell you, with the utmost sincerity and a stone-cold serious expression, that we must work together to save the planet because this is clearly in the best interest of the common good to them this seems so obvious it's so undeniable I mean how can humanity survive if we continue to destroy the planet oh no what are we gonna do clearly saving the planet is in our mutual interest and therefore Saving the planet should be a shared task that necessarily rests within the scope of the common good. Only a fool would try to deny that. Friends, that is the underlying premise of the entire globalist agenda. Fact. So to demonstrate just how seductive this way of thinking is, Uh, and how much sway this way of thinking has over the majority of our global leaders. I did put a uh, video clip in here. It's a four minute and 43 second video clip for you to check out on the 2023 World Government Summit. It was held in Dubai, uh, February of this year, the 2023 World Government Summit. This four minute and 43 second clip would tell you everything you need to know about just how seductive these lies are. But Hey, by the way, friends, if you're listening on a podcast platform, please know you just have to go to thetortureport.com to see this nifty little clip from the World Government Summit. But I'm not going to bore you with that now. In theory, in theory, the assembly of a world government should make every American skin crawl. But the truth is that we are way, way, way past that point now. So... I want to note the lady that's standing there with these big, open, inviting arms on that. uh, She happens to be a social psychologist. And I think that that is a telltale sign of the socialist memetics at work here. And it's no accident, if you were to watch that video, it's no accident at all that all of the leaders on the stage, they use similar patterns of language Uh, Every single bit of the agenda is ultimately aligned toward the ever-present. It's for the common good. And as I've agreed elsewhere, by the way, uh, these gatherings of global elites, uh, they they make for these really intense, inspiring person-to-person interaction. It's direct human interaction, right? And this is where the seeding of the mind virus occurs, particularly the socialist mind virus. And if you think of it like a potent combination of kind of ecstatic hypnotism and neuro-linguistic programming all wrapped up in a new age hippie cult-like feeling of kumbaya, then you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. It is exceedingly difficult to think for oneself in that environment. It is very difficult to resist the assimilation in this sort of environment. And of course, this fact has been well known, it's been well studied, it's been well understood for decades. That's why they have so many of these global meetings that most people simply have no idea are taking place. The outcome of getting everybody into this kind of kumbaya environment, of course, is is that all of these global leaders leave the event with the belief that they are working toward the ultimate common good. And this ultimate common good is nothing less than saving the planet. Because after all, I mean, come on, could there be a more existential threat to our shared well-being? I mean, think of the children, you know? And anyway, friends, as as uh, I was reminded of George Carly said, and least of all, I care about the damn children. <laughs> anyway, but as 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 the leader's of the world leave the event. As they return to face their people, they remind themselves in somber tones that despite their many differences, humanity only has one planet, and therefore everyone must work together for the common good. Furthermore, drastic action must be taken before it's too late. The lingering sense of urgency felt within the chambers remains palpable as they walk out the door. People might not like what's coming, particularly the peasants, but it's necessary. It's for their own good because it's for the common good. We must do whatever it takes. We have to save the planet. Friends, I'm sure you can see how this works, but let's pause here. Let's take a deep breath. feel right now? Do we really have to save the planet? Where is your awareness? Can you feel your own heartbeat? What are you grateful for today? What's right in front of you? What are you doing and what needs to be done? What happens next? You know, these are the things that we can use the tool of intelligent inquiry to reset, uh, have a mental reset. Anyway, let's finish the game here, okay? I want to get back into it. No doubt It was obvious, I'm sure, have you been following along? You understand the astute listening audience of the tort report. You understand I'm setting the stage here to present a contrarian point of view. The purpose of that little exercise was to demonstrate how seductive the pull toward groupthink can be, especially in the carefully choreographed events like the World Government Summit, the AI Governance Summit. Bilderberg, Davos, APEC, and all the rest of them. Every imaginable emotional button gets pushed, the ego gets stroked, the heartstrings get plucked, and the collective minds of the ruling class are lulled into delusions. We, the peasants of the world, are then left to coax our leaders off the ledge of collective suicide. They come back, oh my gosh, we gotta stop eating meat, we need to keep fossil fuels in the ground where they belong, whoa, oh, time out, whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, did you hear about that uh, founder of Greenpeace? He says if we actually achieve net zero, there's going to be a lot of people who starve. You know, maybe we don't want to do that. So we the people have to try to help our leaders come to their senses. You know, we have to back them off the ledge of collective suicide, which might be better stated as democide, as the case may be. Democide is the murder of people by a government that has power over them, and this word "democide" has come up quite a bit because of the the anniversary of the Nazis' uh, pogrom and all that kind of stuff. But try to imagine if uh, the cult leader Jim Jones was able to wield the whole of government authority to force every single person to drink the Kool Aid under threat of penalty, imprisonment, or death. If you can understand that or wrap your head around that and imagine that, then you'll understand the subtle difference between collective suicide and democide. Okay, we're talking about the government doing this. Now, cult leaders, they crop up from time to time. History has, has made that abundantly clear. But when the government becomes the cult, friends, we've got a major problem on our hands. When government officials Unelected bureaucrats, the billionaire elites, begin referring to themselves as enlightened leaders, and they openly speak of plans to reduce the human population because they just don't need the majority of humanity. Friends, when that happens, the days of tragedy are not far away. Indeed, democide is a historical trend that has a nasty tendency to repeat itself. So this this tendency for the government to kill their own people, democide, it happens, okay? And quite ironically, quite ironically, when governments decide that they have need to off the surplus of unnecessary or unnecessarily pesky peasants, the justification is none other than and always is democracy, Now, I did put a screenshot in here. It says, democide, an inside job, the biggest enemy of democracy. It might be democracy itself. And it has a picture of the Nazis there. And as the article explains, the Nazis' rise to power took place within and took advantage of the very democratic processes, which it would then go on to systematically dismantle and repudiate. Uh, in other words, the Nazis use democracy to come to power. The tyrants always use democracy to come to power. You know, other examples abound, but I, as so as not to get lost in the weeds, friends, I do want to make two simple points here. First of all, democracy is mob rule. Mobs are known to be mad and thus democide as an extension of democratic rule seems at least reasonably predictable. Does it not? The second thing I want to point out here is that it is no coincidence that this, uh, that to win the battle of democracy is the first step. It's no coincidence that to win the battle of democracy is the first step in the communist revolution, as the mob is then, of course, steered to cheer for the democide of everybody who's not an effing commie. So, just to be clear here, (coughs) excuse me, oh my gosh, forgive me. Not quite over it yet. Uh, Just to be clear here, Democide, democide is not the death of democracy, as some liberal intellectuals have attempted to reframe it. Democide is the death of people at the hands of government. And here too, examples abound. As a matter of fact, many people have pointed to the pandemic as democide, as governments around the world systematically withheld life-saving medications. They promoted toxic injections. They locked people indoors. They forced these self-contamination loops with worthless mask mandates and otherwise offed millions of peasants by their ill-fated regulation friends. But that too is getting lost in the wheat. So let's get back to saving the planet, shall we? We desperately need to save the planet. And really, whether the climate cult has successfully assimilated global leadership, or whether global leadership has simply co-opted the climate cult, I think that's really a matter of debate. I kind of chew that on that one back and forth. But regardless, the rise of total global tyranny right now is being lifted up by this swelling sentiment that we must save the planet at all cost and all means necessary because for the commies, you know, for the Marxists, for the progressives, for the socialists, the ends always justify the means. So despite the numerous and the obvious flaws in that opinion that we must save the planet at all cost, the majority of global leaders and a very high percentage of the peasant population have accepted this premise. They've internalized, the, internalized this premise. They believe it as surely as a Baptist believes the Bible. In other words, friends, a great many people believe that doing whatever it takes to save the planet is the epitome of the common good. If we take that one step forward further, those who have succumbed to the seductive lie, they believe that anyone who disagrees with them Is a threat to the planet anyone who disagrees with them is an enemy of the common good therefore be a good human or you will be offed (laughs) now friends this is a disastrous mindset obviously but it's being promulgated via the un's the united nations one planet network via the one planet summit via the thousands of other one planet non-profit spin-offs that are mind melting the uh, the masses at scale so What's more, as we've seen this week, if you've been following along this week, right now these, you know, this climate cult, they they are now using the advanced AI to accelerate reprogramming the public psyche to self-sacrifice for this cause. They are programming people to accept their definition of the common good. They are advancing their common agenda, which is not our common agenda, by the way. The common, Their common agenda uh, includes using digital surveillance and manipulation to influence behavior and control populations. What could possibly go wrong? But the question is, how do we overcome this seductive lie? Friends, recall the touchstone of truth. We all have our own definitions. People certainly disagree, and forcefully imposing one's will upon another will always lead to conflict. So perhaps we can agree that mutual respect is the real common good. Perhaps we can agree that government control over every aspect of our lives isn't really in our mutual interest as free human beings. Perhaps we can agree that government officials and global leaders are just fallible human beings too, can't we? Perhaps we can collectively call out their hypocrisy in calling themselves enlightened leaders. Friends, perhaps we can call a cult a cult. The ultimate common good ultimately rests between you and I. Stretched beyond that, the concept quickly gets distorted and descends into tyranny. This simple fact, friends, I believe, can unlock many conversations, and that is the message of my heart for today, friends. If you're enjoying this podcast, please take the time to go to the website, thetorturereport.com, find that little heart, click that little heart, and give me some love. Subscribe if you have not subscribed already. Of course, the greatest honor of all is if you share this podcast with everyone you know. Get out there and embrace this fine, this fantastic Friday. Have a wonderful weekend, and I'll look forward to talking to you again soon.